you know, my feedback to him initially was, ah, I tried wakeboarding, not really into it. No, you got to try it out. This cable park, it's phenomenal. You'll love it. Oh, it turns you around the lake. And, da, 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 and I kind of, I blew him off for two weeks straight, you know, and he kept trying to get me to go every other day, finally talked me into it. And I still, to this day, remember pulling up onto the, you know, the property of this cable park in Bangkok, Thailand, and, and just being blown away and, and couldn't believe what I was seeing. Um, spent the day crashing, but, but with lots of help. And, you know, by the end of the day, I was basically, I was wakeboarding. Episode 73, Wakeboarding and Cable Parks with Noel Carter. This is the Adventure Sports Podcast, brought to you by 180TAC. Get out there and have some fun. Welcome to another episode of the Adventure Sports Podcast. This is Travis. Today I have Noel Carter on to talk about wakeboarding cable parks. Noel operates a wakeboarding park in Sacramento, California, and I wanted to have Noel on today to talk about what a cable park is. So Noel, go into a little bit of your background and how you ended up in this business. I grew up in probably, you know, a middle-class family. My parents probably could have afforded a, a boat growing up if it was like their passion and their only, you know, but they didn't have the expendable income, you know, like like most families in America to just nonchalantly go out and buy a, you know, $60,000 boat or nowadays a $120,000 boat. Um, you know, so boating is, is really, you know, you, you've got to be committed to it or have an extreme amount of wealth that it's, you know, <laughs> just, yeah, if I use it four times a year, no biggie. Um, so I grew up not having access to a boat, dreaming of, you know, uh, water sports had, you know, would have an opportunity maybe once a summer to go out and, you know, get pulled on a, a tube or someone's water skis and kind of experience it, but, but did not have that opportunity that, that some children get when they grow up in a household that has a boat. Um, so I, I, I tried wakeboarding twice, um, in, in America, behind a boat and couldn't even get up. And the experience was, it was a friend's boat. Here, dude, bend your knees. Good luck. You know, it wasn't a father spending time with his son, you know, over and over again, giving directions, you know, really it was, you know, I'm 18 years old, embarrassed because I can't get up. And I, you know, I was a pretty good athlete at the time, but just didn't have the right coaching, didn't understand it. And, and it's not easy. Um, and and then I had an opportunity. I moved to Asia um, and and was kind of worked on the corporate side and telecommunications. Uh, and I had a good friend out there who was a board sports enthusiast, uh, specifically surfing. But we were we were based in Thailand, both of us. Um, and there is no surf in Thailand. Uh, and he found out about these cable parks. And it took him two weeks to convince me. And like we just were talking about, they're hard to explain and advertise. And you know, my feedback to him initially was, ah, I tried wakeboarding, not really into it. No, you got to try it out. This cable park, it's phenomenal. You'll love it. Oh, it turns you around the lake. And da, da, da. and I kind of, I blew him off for two weeks straight, you know, and he kept trying to get me to go every other day, finally talked me into it. And I still, to this day, remember pulling up onto the, you know, the property of this cable park in Bangkok, Thailand, and, and just being blown away and, and couldn't believe what I was seeing. Um, spent the day crashing, but, 
but with lots of help. And, you know, by the end of the day, I was basically, I was wakeboarding um, and doing it at my own pace. And, you know, I wasn't using someone else's gas or delaying other people who were also on the boat trying to wakeboard. I was, you know, I bought my ticket and I had every right to be out there and I, and I, and I, and I loved it. And by day three, I was hooked for life. Um, I'm not a phenomenal wakeboarder. I'm a casual wakeboarder, but I do know what it takes, you know, to learn to wakeboard at a cable park, which I think is important because cable parks grow the market just like ski chairlifts grew the, you know, the ski industry into what it is today. I mean, without ski chairlifts, you're stuck with, you know, pulling people up a mountain with helicopters or snowmobiles. And, you know, it's a very small market. Um, and, and cable parks make it more accessible. And, and, uh, but with that, we, every day we, we get, you know, sometimes hundreds of new people to the park who are learning the wakeboard, who have never tried behind a boat and it's their first experience and it can be intimidating. And I personally, you know, I know what that's like. Cause you know, I'm one of, I would say one of the few cable park owners in the U S maybe the only one that actually learned to wakeboard at a cable park, you know, and I know most of the owners of the cable parks in the U S and most of them grew up behind boats and, you know, they kind of already knew how to wakeboard when they first went to a cable park. Um, so it's a different, very different experience, but so I casually still wakeboard and I try to get out there as much as I can. Um, but it's, it's busy in the summer, as you can imagine. And, and, uh, and when the park's busy, I don't like to take up a spot on the park. Yeah, I understand. Well, I can understand learning in a wake park, uh, compared to back behind a boat. Like you said, I, I learned back behind a boat, um, back of course, when I was doing, it was called scurfing and and wakeboarding wasn't quite (laughs) the word for it, a little bit different apparatus. Um, but it is tough, you know, the, the boat tugs on you, you're digging into the water, you got to have all the forces pushing back on you and you're trying to pop up uh, either on a kneeboard or a water ski or a wakeboard. And, uh, it is, it takes a while to, to get the hang of it. So, sure. so your take is that, you know, somebody comes down to the, the, to the, uh, cable park and their learning curve is much, much more rapid. It's much quicker. I, I, in a way, I think it's less intimidating, um, you know, unless you're with your father, but, but if you go out and you're with five <laughs> friends and you're falling, you almost feel embarrassed because they have to turn that whole boat around pick you up again. Everyone on potential on that boat knows how to wakeboard already. You're kind of like, you're, you're, you're deflating their sail, you know, it's like, come on, man. You know, and whereas if you fall at the cable, people are actually, you know, they're, it it makes the line go faster, you know? So, you know, you get out there, you, you fall, you know, people aren't frustrated with you for falling. They're actually almost more excited that you've fallen because they're going to get to the front of the line that much faster. Um, and, and you're learning at your own pace. You get tired, you walk to the side, you get back in line. Um, you're not isolated and stuck out on that boat. Uh, a lot of people who do try to learn behind a boat, they don't, they're not the owners of the boat, you know? So they're, they're at the beck and call of, of the boat owner, their etiquette, when the boat owner wants to go back to shore, how the boat owner wants to, you know, run the rules on the boat, that type of thing. Whereas when you go to a cable, you know, five friends can come to the cable park one guy can leave after an hour, another one after two hours, you know, two of them stay all day, you know, they, 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 you, and they're doing it together. They're standing in line together and they're attempting to learn together. You know, they're basically falling together, swimming back in. And, um, so it's just, it's a, it's a different experience. Um, on top of that, we do have a training cable system, which is a two tower system 
It's where we book out all of our lessons and our birthday parties. And that system is ideal for learning because as it starts to pull you, it's pulling you up from 30 feet in the air. You know, if a little, little kid falls or, uh, you know, the adult falls, you, you know, our operators will just stop it immediately. So most of the time you just stay holding on to the handle. You quickly reorient yourself and you're back up again. So a matter of a minute or two, you can get, you know, even 10, 15 tries and starts um, and at your own pace. And whereas to try to get 10, 15 starts behind a boat with the the wake of the boat coming at you and the noise and people yelling at you and you can't hear them. And it, it's, it's not an ideal training experience. So we have a lot of boaters who actually bring their children out here and sign them up for lessons to learn and then take them back to the boat because it increases that learning curve. Oh yeah. It makes a lot of sense. And then dad's not getting upset because he's got to keep doing U-turns okay. with the boat to come around and pick up kid. Exactly. <laughs> and you don't have the safety issues. You're not worried about a flagger. You're not worried about other boats. You're, it's communications a lot easier. Um, and you have professionals, you know, teaching you, I mean, we get this all the time where, you know, boyfriends or, 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 or husbands or, you know, that type of thing are, are kind of like, I've tried, but I can't go there. I can't, I can't give her any advice. You know, <laughs> when you have, sometimes when you have a third, a third party, say outside of a relationship coaching you, it, it's a lot easier to take criticism or advice. And, and, uh, so it goes over better, um, versus your significant other. No. Yeah, you say sometimes. I'm pretty sure that's every time. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, we we kind of, um, you know, we're we consider ourselves now more, especially with the obstacle course and the paddleboarding, all the other activities here. We consider ourselves a, a really a water park resort. If that makes sense. So not a traditional a traditional amusement park, water park. Not necessarily just a water sports park, but a water park resort. So it's an 80-acre property with all sorts of water-type activities from just swimming to paddleboarding to our aqua park to you know, wakeboarding, kneeboarding, tubing, um, all that kind of stuff, um, you know, as well as great food and music and beach volleyball and, um, you know, really, you know, uh, and and as well, you know, lately, like I said, this, you know, when we went viral just the last two days down in, in the Bay Area, we got a lot of calls um, about bringing kids, um, seven and under, you know, three-year-olds. We're not necessarily geared for the th seven and under crowd or under seven crowd. Um, however, people love us and, and we've become I think, so popular because, you know, compared to, say, the traditional water parks, which are very much geared for the the tweens and the young, younger kids, you know, the adults who go with the children or, you know, the 20 year olds and stuff like that. It's, it's, I don't know the one the last time you went to a traditional water slide water park, it's, you know, you do it, it's kind of thrilling. You wait in line for a long time, you do a quick slide and it's, you know, okay. And after about two or three times waiting in line, you're, you're kind of over it, you know, or the lazy. Right. Whereas coming out here, it really feels, you know, like a ski resort for the water. And we use that analogy a lot, you know, so it's, it's much more of like an adult grown up kid type playground, like a ski resort would be, you know, you wouldn't necessarily bring your three-year-old to a ski resort, you know, for the activities at the ski resort. Um, you know, a ski resort is going to be seven and up, you know, the, the three-year-old could go to the daycare, but there's not a lot of activities 
Whereas there definitely are places around town and other activities that are, you know, geared for that type of, um, of market. Oh, have you ever been to a cable park yourself? I haven't. I've got to be honest. I did not even hear the term cable park until just a few days ago. And when that person was trying to explain it to me, I got it completely wrong. I was envisioning cables pulling you, but I'm envisioning a system that's actually underwater and pulling you from down below. I didn't realize that we're talking about cables up above. So I actually want you to step back and paint a picture you know, so somebody comes to a cable park, your cable park, for the first time, what is it they're witnessing? And, and go into detail, because like you said, they people can misunderstand what, what it is they're going to experience and how the setup is. So take time and explain what it is they would see when they get there. Well, I've had a lot of experience verbally explaining it. Like I said, it is hard. Um, there's a couple analogies that I use to kind of paint the picture to start with. And and one is if you think of like a high school football field with a track around it, um, the track would be with the waterway. Um, and we actually have an island down the middle. Think of that as the football field. And then uh, up above the track, 40 feet in the air, um, there's five towers that are based around the park that protrude up and out and then horizontally out into the middle so there there's a cable that runs directly over the middle of the track 40 feet up in the air completely around the track in an endless circle and hanging from those cables are eight carriers and the carriers um, are what we engage tow ropes to and a tow rope is just what you'd find behind a boat so it's got the handle like you'd find behind a boat it's slightly different um in terms of its wood and it comes disconnected, but that's not really a big deal. But think of it as you have this tow rope. The end of the handle is a little uh, metal ball. And the operator in the start area um, actually engages the rope and it grabs the next carrier that comes by. So the cable that's 40 feet above the track or above the waterway runs continuously at 30 kilometers an hour, which is about 19 miles an hour. It's traditionally about three miles an hour slower than you would run a traditional wakeboard boat at, um, but it's going to feel about the same speed because you're being pulled from 40 feet in the air. It's actually pulling you up and out of the water, so it makes you feel like you're going just as fast. Um, and so you line up at this what we call the start dock. The start dock is you know one corner, one one side, um, and there's two lines that form. And it is actually a dock that goes into the water. There's a bench on one side, and then there is a L turn on the dock where people line up and they actually slide directly from the dock into the water. Um, and so there's an operator right there. The operator uh, has all the tow ropes. He hands a rope to the next person in line. They scan their wristband in. We keep track of you know how long they've been on the cable. We keep track of how many laps they've done. In case it's busy, we'll put a lap limit on them and say, okay, only four laps. Uh, we engage their rope. They slide off the dock or they start sitting on the bench and they they just literally never even get into the water. They, the board stays on top of the water the whole time and off they go and they do their four laps. If they can hold on that long and they don't crash or they don't try to do a trick, um, a lap takes about a minute and 15 seconds. So if we have say a four lap limit, you're looking at you know almost a five minute 
you know, set that you're doing out there um, on the water. And, uh, and then, you know, when you fall, the rope stays hooked to the cable system. Um, the handle detaches so it smoothly runs through the water. And the next time it comes around back towards the operator, the operator engages what we call a fork. And it's like a, a prong thing that flips out and it disengages that rope from the cable. It catches the rope, it brings it back in, and there's another little elevator system that actually pulls that rope back down and restrings it up so it's ready for the operator to give to the next person in line. Um, and um, it's this kind of endless loop that, that keeps going on and on. <laughs> yeah, I think I would be just as much uh, fascinated with the operation of the cable system <laughs> than I would be actually riding the thing. It it looks pretty cool, and it really is like a ski lift, like you said. The uh, It's almost like riding the surface lift. If you were to uh, go way up high on, on some of these mountains, the wind uh, creates a situation where we have to have surface lift in, instead of being in a chair and up high. So you're basically hanging on to the thing, and you're you're being towed just like you are behind a boat but the neat thing is you it's like a it's kind of like a snowboard park where you have uh multiple kickers jumps and and obstacles go into a little bit of a uh, detail on some of those obstacles that are out there for people to to play on if they're so skilled and that's and that's another thing and and, and an interesting point um i don't have a strong snowboarding background a lot of my operators do um the the analogy and what what they'll tell me is that cable wakeboarding is, is almost closer to snowboarding or they use the analogy. It's, it's like riding deep powder at the park um, on a snowboard yeah. and it's closer to snowboarding than it is to traditional wakeboarding. The boards are very different. So a cable wakeboard is very different than a traditional wakeboard. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. made out of the same technology that a lot of the snowboards are made out of. It's very thin and flexible with a completely smooth bottom. And a lot of the bindings are, are similar to snowboard bindings where it's, you wear a boot, you have a system type, you know, engagement system that flips over just like, you know, on a, on a snowboard, your boot stays on the entire time. And, you know, when you crash, you just undo that. You swim to shore with your boots on, you walk back and you, you strap yourself back in. Um, but at a cable park, once you get good enough, um, and and you really do need to you know have some skill to hit the features because they are positioned. If you, you go back to the analogy that the cable runs around the center of the lake, so as a beginner, you don't really know how to cut side to side. You just ride right up the middle of the cable the whole time. Um, you're not even able to get to the features. So once you get good enough to be able to cut from side to side, um, then we place features on either side of you um you know kickers on one side or the other uh you know flat rails transfer boxes a lot of the similar rails you'd, you'd find at a snow park um and uh you know and so you're on there you know pressing a rail just like you'd press a rail at a, at a snow park or um you know 360 off of it or you know i mean there's all sorts of you know rail riding is a huge component of cable wakeboarding nowadays um and it's it's a progression that you know people learn to wakeboard then they learn you know they learn to go around do laps ride switch and then they you know hit the smallest feature we have just like you would do on a snowboard you know you don't go after the biggest jump on the hill you go after the smallest little thing and you you get good at that and then you 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 get the guts up to you know try something else and you know slowly as you get better your progression gets better and and um and you start hitting more more and more features and then 
then doing you know more advanced tricks on those features and and what we call rail riding, um, which is you know probably the the fastest growing part of of wakeboarding and and cable wakeboarding is is you know definitely spurring that movement simply because you know boat riding there's very few places around the country where you can be on a boat and hit rails you know where people have say made handmade rails off to the side of lakes and stuff like that so and most of those are pretty you know kind of uh just flimsy you know not they don't have the backing that the cable parks have to invest in proper rails and the building of, of rails and making them safe, but also, you know, challenging. All of our rails are completely plastic molded. There's not one piece of metal in it. It's all foam filled. They float. There's no screws. Uh, you know, they're plastic, you know, welded, filled together. And, and that is, you know, for longevity um, and also for, for safety to do that. But yeah, it's very snowboard-esque. We have a huge turnover from the ski resorts, um, you know, and snowboarders who, who spend their winters in Tahoe. A lot of our cable operators are, are chairlift operators in the winter, and, you know, they come and operate the cable in the summer. And, and it's, you know, their, their way, you know, kind of endless summer or endless, you know, board sport, you know, uh, season to, to go from, you know, uh, cable wakeboarding to, to snowboarding and then back. <laughs> yeah, that's synergy right there, you know, between the two industries. I'm sure they appreciate that. Yeah. And so I've had some long discussions, you know, unfortunately there's been a drought here in California and, and, you know, the ski industry really got hit hard. We had a, a, a strategic relationship formed with, with two of the big ski resorts and we're going to do a lot of cross marketing together. They just had a bunch of layoffs and it was a really tough, it's been a tough couple of years for them. So, um, you know, for them, it was, it's more about, you know, the last two years, it's just holding on, you know, um, versus expanding and reaching out into new, new fields, like, you know, partnering with, with a cable park. In the area. Right. So. Right. Well, it obviously looks like a fun place. I mean, we can hear the music behind you and that's the music in the park, yeah. uh, that you guys are playing for, for guests, right? Uh, yep. <laughs> Sorry about that. If it's... No, it's, uh, it's, it makes it work. Um, and actually I would, while you were talking and explaining the park, I would encourage, uh, people, if you're sitting by your computer, check out wakeislandwatersports.com. There's a, there's a cool map up there that, that really shows, uh, what Noel's talking about and, and lays it all out for you. Come celebrate with us August 10th through 16th as more than 100 youth from over 12 countries from around the globe travel to the Vell Valley for the 14th annual World Youth Fly Fishing Championships. We are proud to host this Olympic-style event and to showcase the Colorado free-flowing rivers and scenic beauty for all the global competitors. You can help by volunteering to be a part of the event. For more information, Go to www.wyffc2015.com or just search for World Youth Fly Fishing Championship 2015. We hope to see you there. Let's talk car racks, specifically Yakima and Thule. Chances are, if you're listening to our show, you either have one, want one, or you're going to need a car rack soon. Car racks, whether on the roof or on the back, need a good set of locks to keep your gear locked down to the rack and to your car. 
Good news. Our new sponsor, Z-Lock, has new lock sets for all Thule and Yakima racks at about one-third less than anywhere else. These lock cores are sourced from the original manufacturer and include bonus keys. Need replacement keys or cores matched to your current lock code? Z-Lock has replacement options even if you've lost all of your keys and don't know your key number. Check this out. Z-Lock is offering Adventure Sports Podcast listeners an additional 20% off their already low prices plus free shipping. Just enter the code ADVENTURE at checkout and you'll save up to 50% off a of retail. Go to zlock.com forward slash adventure. That's Z-E-L-O-C-K dot com forward slash adventure and save. guys have a lot more going on at this park this is you don't you kind of explain the little um you know maybe the bunny hill for uh for kids you know with the ski analogy where they have the the little uh two tower system to teach them how to get up and you have the the main cable area that that you were just describing but you have also have other parts of the park you have inflatable water park you have a whole boat lake so go into a little bit of that yeah i mean the boat lake is what you know, when I took over the business, the property, there were two, you know, water ski lakes here and I converted one. Um, the bow lake is still fairly niche and, you know, it's not, it's, it's not really open to the general public. You buy into that in an annual membership. And, and, uh, so we kind of, you know, it, it, it pays for itself and, and, you know, it doesn't lose money for the business. It doesn't necessarily make money for the business. Um, but it's not really where our focus is. So our focus and our core activities, you know, our core businesses is, is the cable wakeboarding, our aqua park, which I can talk about and I'd like to talk about in more detail. And then our rental program, our paddleboard rentals. We do other types of rentals here. We do, you know, yoga classes on the paddleboards, um, that type of thing. But, um, the aqua park is, is new this summer. We brought that in and kind of like I talked to you about early on, um, it, Initially, I mean, I had heard rumors about it. I was fairly skeptical about them. I just thought big bounce house for kids. Um, I had an opportunity to go back to Asia this winter, and I, I specifically, you know, sought out a aqua park or an inflatable water park out in Asia um, and tried it myself and loved it. And and just you know, it it, it put it in perspective about how. Uh, um, exciting this thing is and it really is a cross between american ninja warrior wipeout um it's we believe the largest uh inflatable aqua park in the u.s right now um it, it is massive i gotta say i'm looking at a picture of it and wipeout is exactly the the what came to mind you know that game show the uh yep. this thing is huge it, and it really is it's just kind of an endless route of, of you know um runways that you run on and obstacles um it's made out of you know similar material you you make you know the same material you make a white water raft out of so it's unlike a bounce house which you have a generator um and, and a blower that continually is blowing that that bounce house up. These are enclosed, you know, systems with pressure release valves, you know, just like a a whitewater rafting boat. Um, so they're, it's quite sturdy when you get out there. I mean, it's it's that was my initial reaction was I kind of imagined this 
fluffy, pillowy thing, but no, it's actually quite sturdy and you slip and you fall. It's like, <laughs> you know, it really, uh, you know, you pound yourself. It's, it's a, but that makes it fun and that makes it, you know, gives it the ability to create these really cool features on there. Um, we get emails, reviews from people saying your 45 minute aqua park session, you know, was, was incredible. I just have to tell you, I was more sore after doing that than doing tough mutter. <laughs> Um, so you know people cleaner too yeah i mean people will will uh you know quite often they'll they'll check in and they'll go just 45 minutes that's it you know 15 dollars and 45 minutes and go well (laughs) try it out first and um and they'll come off that thing so winded so tired giddy you know and just loving it um and that's where we've had this really viral kickback of people like i was when i went to asia you know having a certain expectation but having that expectation exceeded after they actually try it out um it really brings out your inner child you find yourself just laughing and giggling and being exhausted and and just playing like pure playing um which we don't do a lot of you know as adults anymore um and you just it it brings that inner child out of you is the best way best analogy i can i can put for this this obstacle course and there's not a lot of other things like it. I, I wish I had access to one as a as a twelve year old, but I'm glad I have access to one as a a thirty five year old. So, um, I... <laughs> yeah, you hit the nail on the head actually while you're describing. It was exactly what I was thinking. As adults, we tend to analyze things too deeply. What's it going to cost me? What do I get out of it? This and that. Uh, we don't play enough, and this yeah. looks like the perfect place for adults to go play. Let loose and just have a lot of fun. Act like you're a kid again. There's nothing better I, than that. I've had dads and moms come up to me. I had a dad just recently who I've known for three years, who's an avid wakeboarder, who's really skeptical about it and just kind of blew it off. And one day he, you know, I kind of saw him halfway through. And he'd already gotten his wristband. I go, you know, hey, his name's Jared. And I said, hey, Jared, you're going to do the aqua park. And he goes, yep, yep, we're going to try it. And so I, I made a, a point to try to catch up with him after his session. And he came to me and, and his his comment was, no, I have never had this much fun with my daughter ever. You know, we we will be back for sure. That was such an incredible experience, the two of us to be out there together and, and you know, on that adventure together. And it really is an adventure. People always ask, you know, well, okay, so when we get on, what do we do? You know, is there a course? No, it's you're, you're really on your own adventure, whether you want to just, there's lounges out there, you can just sit and relax or, you know, it's for you to kind of explore it. And And it really is this, you know, fun thing you know you're out there and you're trying to do it and you're falling in and getting back up and you know maybe going back and trying things again and and it, i mean in 45 minutes it's going to be hard pressed to try everything out there i mean it's 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 a it's a large system um, it takes a while to do things you know, so yeah absolutely so going back to the cable uh system again you talked about the wakeboards were pretty much specifically built for a cable park. Does that mean people wouldn't bring their own equipment in at all and is it only wakeboards or do you do knee boards and slalom skis or anything like that? When anyone comes and buys a a, a pass here and I, you know I wanted to early on I I wanted to break down some barriers and and um it, it's such a new sport so what we do I mean we kind of uh there are other parks and <clears throat> most of the parks are broad. This could change, you know, five years down the road. But at this point, we want to grow the sport. So if you buy a pass here, we provide all the basic equipment for you. A helmet, a Coast Guard approved vest, <clears throat> and a board to learn on. Um, however, 
you know, if you want to start hitting jumps, then you need to either rent one of our boards or you bring your own. And we also sell boards here. Um, we don't necessarily recommend bringing your boat board, especially if it's a brand new $400 boat board. It's made with a compression technology. It's, it's like a honeycomb core and it does not have what they call a grind base on it. So it's not meant to hit anything hard. It's meant to jump off the water and the wake. Uh, and so if you take a brand new boat board and you ride it on the rails, you're going to tear that thing up. It is just not meant for it. It's not the right tool for the job. It's not going to flex. You're not going to have a great time on it. So unfortunately, we we do see a lot of that. We see this evolution. We see people come out here. They get hooked on it. They don't really understand that that component. You know, we kind of try to explain it to them. They blow it off. They go on Craigslist, they buy a $150 boat board, they bring it out, they use it three times, they destroy it, and then they buy a proper board. Um, and, you know, we try to explain it to them. We have a retail shop here. We've partnered with one of the largest retailers in the nation, an online retailer. Um, simply, And I did that simply because I wanted to be able to offer, you know, competitive pricing. As well, I wanted to be able to tell my customers I'm not in the market of selling wakeboards um and it's important I, i'm in the market of selling cable passes and passes and i want to see you coming back here day in and day out you know if you buy a board here we're not going to put you on the wrong board because we're going to see you every day um, it's different when you go to a retailer in town and buy a snowboard you probably won't go back to that retailer potentially ever again especially if they put you on the wrong snowboard right um but um Unfortunately, you know, in the industry and because of the snowboarding background in the area, a lot of people, you know, think it's better and they, they go online, they buy boards and they end up with the wrong board, um, the wrong tool for the job. And uh, so it's a, a painful lesson that a lot, of, a lot of times they learn and the hard way. Um, but they usually they end up then, you know, coming back, either buying a board from us or, or using our advice and buying a, you know, the right type of board either online or at another local retailer. Um, we support the local retailers, you know, a lot. They're our partners. They help grow our industry. Um, again, we're not, you know, looking, you know, in the market of just selling boards and as many boards as possible. Our our local retailers in the area are an important asset to grow this sport and, and thus grow ticket sales here. You know, we want them selling cable wakeboard. And so where are, if they sell cable wakeboards, how are they going to sell it? They're going to sell it. They can go use it at the cable park down the street at Wake Island. And um, so it's a, important aspect for us to support the retailers and uh but it is it's it's very different um it's not exactly like boat riding it's a different tool i tell people a lot it's kind of like learning to ride a bike again but a different way so it feels just kind of awkward um and it feels awkward both ways if you learned to wakeboard behind a cable system and then you go ride boat for the first time it's going to feel awkward on that boat um but then the uh the opposite happens, you know, if you have a strong boat background, you come ride cable the first couple of times, it's going to feel awkward for you. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We also wanted to point out to the listeners, I assure you that this is not a paid commercial. I asked Noel to come on because he was the best person to explain this new thing I found uh, called cable parks. And 
I, you know, if I sat here and tried to explain it, I could probably do half the job that, that Noel's doing. But the whole point of this interview is to let you know that there is something really cool out there. If you haven't heard of cable parks, then go check into them. If you're in an area on vacation or you're living in an area um, that has cable parks, go find it and check this out. I was excited when I learned about it, and I wanted to have Noel on and explain to you guys what it was all about. There's, so There's two here in Sacramento. There's, uh, I think, almost 10 in Texas now. Uh, there's about 10 in Florida, um, a couple in Atlanta. Uh, oh. Ohio's got I think two, um, and and they're 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 popping up a lot more these days as as gas prices shoot up, as it you know becomes harder and harder to find lakes to boat on. Um, Germany alone has got something like over a hundred full size cable parks. So you're talking wow. about the same population, you know, kind of geographic size, approximately of California. If there were a hundred cable parks in California, that put something like about. 25 to 30 within a two hour driving radius of Sacramento. So in, in, in Germany alone, I mean, cable parks are as integrated with the school systems as ski resorts are here in America. Whereas when I went to school, we had a ski and snowboard club um, and you could go, you know, up to the ski hills and represent your, your school. Um, the same type of thing happens at cable parks in Germany. Um, they're all over Europe, Asia, a lot of these countries have very strict environmental regulations about boating. They don't allow, you know, a lot of boating on their waterways. Gas prices have always been a lot higher. And so cable parks, which were invented in the 60s, really took on there. And they're just starting to kind of emerge here in the U.S. And there will be a lot more moving forward over the next, you know, 10 to 20 years. So. Yeah, that's crazy. I had no idea that that they're even around, much less since the '60s, and they've obviously uh, just kind of exploded overseas. Yep. And, and yep. to start seeing them here is uh, it's it's cool. I hope they put one in Colorado that I can go visit. Well, I think in 2002 there were like two full size cable parks in the U.S., and now there's close to 30. So um, it's and it's grown exponentially every year. You know, so um, the number of new parks that are opening up. So. It's uh, it's definitely, and it's one of those things that's, they're becoming more and more familiar, um, and thus people want them, and they're getting easier to, to develop and put in place. You know, I, I struggled. It was a long process to get this cable park up and running, simply because no one around here had really heard of them. And, and so when you, you go to the planning department at your local city or county and try to explain what this is, they, they don't get it. You know, and. And because they don't get it, they're worried about it. But they are right. very green, you know, systems. Uh, they use about ten dollars of electricity a day. They aerate the lakes. There's, you know, no oil gas pollution. There's no noise pollution. There, it's an electric thirty horsepower motor that when you stand under it, you can barely hear it. Um, the music that you hear outside is the loudest thing at the park by far. Um, and so it's a very green activity and we're actually looking to, to put the whole park on solar this winter so we should be totally off the grid by next summer um oh, that's awesome it's completely green so well on top of it you're getting people out there to get them exercise that's never a bad thing you know yep no it's uh i was a try like i said i came from the corporate world I, I enjoyed it i got to travel the world i loved it but i missed being a part of the community and you know, when I, I got exposed to these cable parks, it gave me the opportunity to be back 
involved with the community, involved with kids. You know, we do summer camps here and birthday parties and, and, you know, the outdoors. And, you know, I grew up outdoors. I grew up an active person playing all sorts of sports. And I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I saw that you guys even do annual passes. So this can, you can treat this thing as it is a, as a ski resort and, and keep going with your annual pass and get your, get your fun in that way too. That's cool. Right. Exactly. All right, Noel. So since you came on to uh, to give me the information all about this, I do want to give you time to to tell people where they can find you, uh, what site to go to, what phone number to call to, and maybe where to follow you on Facebook. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, our handle is Wake Island Water Sports. So you know, our website as well, Wake Island Water Sports or Wake Island Water Park. Either one will will get to our site. Uh, our front office line is nine one six six five five. 3900. We do recommend, you know, spending some time on the website first because it will answer a lot of your questions. You'll be able to see pictures, watch some of the videos. Um, it'll better explain what what we have going here. Um, and then a lot of the confusion is around our pricing here. You know, a lot of people think we are a, you know, because a lot of our marketing is around, you know, the word water park or water park resort um, and traditional amusement type water parks charge an entry. You pull up, usually you pay for parking and you pay a certain amount for the day and you walk around the park and you go on the slides and then you pay for food. We're much more like a ski resort for the water. Uh, We have a free entry here. You can come in, look around, check out all the activities. You can even come hang out, eat lunch. You know, we've got a, a, you know, volleyball court you can use, hang out on the grass, just watch what's going on. And that's important to us. Um, we make our money on, on the activities. You, you, you pay for the activities once you get here. And, uh, and we, you know, we don't have an all pass activity because our activities are, are quite strenuous. It's rare that people are doing every activity at the park in one day. Um, as we said, that 45 minute aqua park session will kick your butt. Um, same with the wakeboarding. So we recommend that you guys come on in, check us out, check out the website, don't be intimidated to just stop by. Um, we're not going to charge you at the door. You can come look around uh, just like you can go to a ski resort and look around. Um, you, you pay for the activities here at Wake Island. Yeah, so walk in, look around, get your bearings, and figure out which activity you want to take uh, take part in. Very cool. Okay, and the website is wakeislandwatersports.com. Noel, I appreciate you taking a few minutes to uh, tell us all about it, and I hope that people go out there and discover cable parks. Thank you, Travis. Appreciate your right. time. Have a good one. You too. Take care. Bye. Would you like to be a guest on an upcoming show? Just go to adventuresportspodcast.com and click contact us.
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.